0: I'm Aaron Reynolds, and you're listening to Explain Like I'm Five on the Canada 2020 Network. The 2020 Network is brought to you by Interac. Interac connects everyone to the limitless possibilities of digital payments. Whether you are sending, receiving, or requesting money using Interac Debit to pay by card, phone, or smartwatch, or looking for a business payment solution, they provide fast, convenient, and secure access to your own money. I like to think that I'm an intelligent guy, but I know way more about James Bond's watches than I do about how my bank operates. And that's kind of a problem, so on this show I'm inviting really smart people into the studio to explain stuff to me, like I'm five. Today I'm talking to Dan Monroe about the ethics of artificial intelligence. Dan, tell the people about yourself. Sure. So I'm the
1: visiting scholar in innovation studies in the Innovation Policy Lab at the Monk School of Global Affairs at the University of Toronto. And and now I need to take a breath.
0: Yeah, it's a really long title. I I made you say it because I didn't want to write it all down. (laughs) (laughs) I can't Um, blame you. Thanks for being here. Sure. Uh, So I want to ask you something really important about uh, the film Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Good. uh, Which I watched again last night. Um, On August 29th, 1997, at 2.14 a.m., Skynet became self-aware. How does something like that happen? I have absolutely no idea. (laughs) beats me. <laughs> well, <laughs> but like that's um, that's our you know our conception of artificial intelligence is things like things like Skynet. What's like what's the reality? Yeah, I mean so I mean so that's like the
1: aspirational
0: ideal of
1: some people working in AI, right? This sort of machine that can that can you know process a whole bunch of information but also knows that it's doing that processing, right? right? This sort of self-aware kind of AI. So I mean that's that's the aspirational ideal, but we're nowhere near anything. Like that, to the best of my knowledge, anyway, right? Um, you know, like, if you go back to, to the 1950s when the term artificial intelligence was first used, it was used to, to sort of capture this idea of computer systems that would mimic human thinking, whatever that means, right? right? We, and, and there's debates about what do you mean by thinking, right? And what do you mean by self awareness? Um, or you know some subset of of human cogn- cognitive functioning, like seeing or sorting, uh, analyzing or, or pre- predicting or creating things, right? So, I mean, so that's like the nineteen fifties, and now the the concept has been stretched enough that it includes a lot of functions that I think the original users of AI might not have put under that umbrella. But I mean, for the sake of what we do now, we we do so. You know things like applications that have a very limited sort of sorting or analysis function, sometimes just static algorithms um, you right, know, analyzing are- some data in data out uh, and producing decisions um, but the but interestingly like the most interesting thing around AI recently is the development of what we call machine learning right, right which is yeah. you know you have machines that don't simply apply static rules. But essentially, develop new processes and new rules based on more, you know, more and more data that they're fed, uh, and a process of sort of making errors and making mistakes and learning from those mistakes and producing better results. So that's that's essentially like the cutting edge of, of actual AI now, right? Which is which is machine learning, and that it raises some issues.
0: Right. Well, that's the thing is. Uh Speaking of machine learning, Skynet realized that humanity was the problem and that if it was going to protect the Earth, it had to wipe out humanity. So um- – <laughs> you know, because as a person who was raised by television, the evil AI is what I think about, like, what are, are there good examples of AI? Like, is there, what's, what's something that's done that, that is positive?
1: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. So, I mean, there's, I think the reason why we pursue this machine learning and AI is to produce some, some good things, right? Things that, that can help us out. Um And there are some, you know, interesting developments. So for example, Uh, There are, you know, what we call sort of AI based or algorithm based uh, HR systems, human resource systems, right, which are designed to sort through like reams of resumes that an organization gets for particular positions uh, and does so in a way that tries to check or sort of cancel out the kind of human bias that you get in hiring decisions, right? So, for example, uh, you know, there's a a lot of research that shows that uh, native English speakers, have difficulty with resumes that have sort of non-English sounding names and either consciously or unconsciously discount those resumes right if you design an AI system that simply looks at the data that's in there rather than looking at the names or, or a variety of other sort of features that that sort of come across on the resume then you can get better hiring decisions right you can get hiring decisions that uh, are more likely to identify people who will be engaged in that role, more likely to stay on and and be productive, uh, and you know reduce the kind of turnover that, that an organization might see as you know as a normal course of affairs. So that I mean that's sort yeah, of an ideal yeah, yeah, in, yeah, in yeah. HR, right? I mean, and there's others. Um, uh, there's a, a number of sort of financial technology or fintech companies that uh, are using AI to try to. Get better predictions about whether or not somebody will repay a loan. Right. Okay. Um, And in particular, whether or not they can identify sort of the credit worthiness of somebody who doesn't have a conventional uh, credit record, right? So often what you see are these companies taking information from social media, uh, and they have, I, I don't exactly know how the models work, but essentially what they do is they take information from social media about people's behavior. They model this stuff and produce a prediction about whether or not somebody's likely to repay the loan that wow. they might be given, based on things like you know whether or not they're they're out drinking at two o'clock in the morning five right. days a week, or whether they're you know talking about reading books or something like that. So these are some you know really interesting uses of of, uh, of AI.
0: Now I'm having a, a terrified moment thinking about. Uh, all my tweets about that time that I bought all those cowboy hats in the middle of the night from AliExpress. You might not be a good credit <laughs> risk for a fintech company. You, you yeah. know what? I just It's probably <laughs> true, actually. You know, the more I think about it, the more I have to confront that about myself. <laughs> um, so uh, I have a question about, uh, just to, to tie some of this back to uh, your background in ethics. Hmm. Um, before John Connor... Orders the T eight hundred not to kill anyone while protecting him. Schwarzenegger's character harms a lot of people. Uh, he causes traffic accidents. Uh, he beats up an entire bar full of bikers. Uh, he steals one of their motorcycles and the, the, the guy's clothes as well. And he allows innocent bystanders to be killed. Uh, he says that protecting other humans is not a parameter of his programming. Just protecting John. So talk to me about about putting those ethics in there.
1: Yeah, that, I mean that's a real challenge. There's no simple answer to the question, how do you design ethical AI? Um, so what I like to do is to think about this from the perspective of like three or three and a half challenges that we see in ethics uh, that, that would apply to, to AI as you try to think about how to make it more ethical. Um, and so just to, you know, so, so, so that you don't fall asleep as I talk about these, <laughs> let me, so I'll, like I'll list them right at the outset and then you can then you can listen or not listen as you as you prefer. So there's what I call the distribution challenge. There's the diversity challenge and the accountability challenge and then the half one is well interesting from the perspective of t2 right which is what i call the uncertainty challenge right which is simply that uh even if we have all our ducks in a row we might see consequences that we didn't anticipate. Uh, anyway. Okay. Okay. We, yeah. We yeah, may yeah. not have anticipated sort of self-aware Skynet, right? Right. Yeah. Um, Skynet was supposed to protect us. Right. Yeah. And and you know things things change. So so let me say a little bit about each of these, right? So you've got the what I call the distribution challenge, right? When we often talk about uh, AI, in fact, we often talk about any kind of technology. Uh, as if they will f- affect all of us equally, right? As if everybody will get some benefit or everybody will face some kind of of harm, um, but that's not actually how they work, right? Uh, applications of AI and, and other sort of technologies generally will produce benefits for some people and harm for other people, right? There's a distribution of the benefits and harms that's that's not that's not equal across a population, um, and there's there's a there's a mathematician Kathy O'Neill who has this great, you know, really well titled book, The so Weapons of Math Destruction, <laughs> right? In which she uh, you know, she she talks about how the distribution of the use of uh, the distribution of effects of the use of AI in things like education, finance, policing, and corporate HR, how that distribution is is not uh, necessarily equal. So I'll give you an example, right? So uh, in the U.S. and and at least a couple uh, jurisdictions in Canada, there's now something being used by police forces called predictive policing, right? And that is the use – in order to uh, allocate police resources more efficiently and effectively, some forces have adopted these models, these AI-based models – uh, that would allow them to essentially, ideally, predict where crimes are likely to occur, huh, or where okay. there's, a, there's a higher likelihood of crime versus a less likelihood of crime. Um, and depending on the model, it can rely on all sorts of different things, like street lighting, uh, previous crime reports, uh, you know, traffic patterns, a whole a whole host of what's
0: happening in the city. Yeah, a whole yeah, host okay. of sort
1: of things, right? Um, and on, the, on 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 one level, that sounds like a, a good thing, right? Because then you can target resources where they're actually needed. The problem is, is that it reflects this sort of classic problem of, of AI, which is uh, you have a problem of garbage in, garbage out, right? Right. If the data that are that are fed into the model are themselves somehow biased, that can simply amplify and reinforce a bias in the system, right? So if you have, for example, Data that shows, you know, there's a high likelihood of crime in certain minority neighborhoods. Uh, and you feed that into the model, and then you send more police to those same neighborhoods. Then you're going to get more, so sort of, disproportionately more attention to those neighborhoods than than otherwise. Right. But if the initial data are uh, based not so much on the real occurrence of crime, but simply on the likelihood of already biased police forces to charge some people and not others. Uh, Then you're simply reinforcing a problem. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, yeah, it does. You sort of get that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean,
1: like, you take, take, uh, you know, so if you look at like the American community surveys uh, and they look at drug use and drug self reported drug use and drug crime across neighborhoods, you actually see almost no difference between, say, you know, minority inner city neighborhoods and white suburban neighborhoods. Okay. Uh, But. If you look at crime statistics, you see more sort of drug crime in those inner-city minority neighborhoods than the sort of, you know, whiter uh, suburban neighborhoods simply because that's where the police are. Right. Right. And then you feed that information into the model – and, and then it's going it, to just it just reinforce reinforces it. it, right?
0: Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So I mean, that's just yeah. an example of this distribution challenge, right? It's not going to affect us all equally. It's going to affect some people more than others. Uh, some people will get some benefits, and some people will get some harms. And so, like, the question is, when you're working on AI, you have to think about what those distributional consequences uh, will be. the The second challenge is is what I call the uh, the pluralism challenge or the ethical diversity challenge. And I mean, we all want AI to be developed ethically, right? Right. But we disagree about what ethical AI would mean, and that's because we disagree about what ethics requires generally, right? We have different views about this stuff. So, I mean, on one level, for example, we all care about things like privacy um, and fairness and prosperity and equality. But in our behavior, we show sort of differences in opinion about how to weight those things. So you might, for example, trade your personal data for a five dollar gift card from Starbucks. Right. Um, yes. Whereas I won't. Right. 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 Um, and and those those differences of opinion are not unreasonable, right? It's not unreasonable for you to do that, mm-hmm. um, but it is a it is a difference. So the the challenge is then that it's not uh it's not. Making an ethical AI is not simply about figuring like what the ethical algorithm is, like what is ethics and then putting that into the, you know, the, the artificial intelligence uh, system or technology um, because we don't agree on it, right? It's a problem. So I'll give you an illustration um, that, that connects to this scene you know, so so what T2 does in, in Terminator 2, right? So you know this – it's a gimmicky, but you know this classic so-called trolley problem right, in, yes. in yeah, ethics, yeah. right? And the trolley problem is essentially – that there's this trolley or streetcar uh, barreling down the track. Uh, you assume that the brakes don't work. And you're an innocent bystander standing at the side of the track by a switch. If the train continues on the track that it's on, it's going to slam into five innocent people who are you know, standing or lying on the track. We have no idea why they're there, but they're there, right? Right. Uh, if you pull the switch, you can divert the train onto the second track, but then that would kill one person who is standing there, right? Right. Uh, possibly a worker. Who knows why yeah. they're there, right? Uh, and in sort of intro to philosophy classes, you present this to students and you say, what should you do? Should you just let the train continue on and kill the five people? Or should you pull the switch and uh, you, you get sentence it sentence allow- a specific
0: person to death. A specific yeah, yeah, person yeah. to
1: death, right? And there's disagreement about actually how to resolve that, right? I mean, if you are... Uh, what we say, a consequentialist about ethics, then what you want to do is just you just add up the numbers, right? It's better to save five people than to, to save one person. So you pull the switch, and it hits the one person saving the five, right? It's just, just a matter of you right. know, yeah. calculating the consequences. But if you're non-consequentialist, you might think that uh, even though more people would die, there's something, uh, there's something egregious, there's something unsettling or unethical about uh, actively Moving the train towards this one innocent person, rather than just letting it slam into these other five people, right? right. I mean, one seems like like you're complicit in what's going on, right? right. Whereas the other just seems like you're just a you were there, and it you're happened. just an unfortunate yeah, 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 bystander yeah, yeah. by by a switch, right?
0: And I think what's so funny about that is that is essentially the plot of both the first and second Terminator films, because exactly. the first Terminator film, uh, they the Skynet sends back uh, the Terminator to kill the innocent Sarah Connor uh before she gives birth to the you know the person who will prolong the war because he's their resistance fighter because uh Skynet's goal is to stop the war. And in the second film, at one point Sarah Connor attempts to kill an innocent programmer who would be the person who creates Skynet. And so I find it like I think one of the fascinating things about the second film for me is that she's making the same choice that Skynet made. Mm-hmm. You know, she's weighing the two options and saying this one is the one that uh, causes the least harm, right? Um, and and of course, she can't ultimately do it because she's killing an innocent person. But like, but yeah, that's the right. That's so the how do you? I mean, show, how, yeah. given
1: given that ethics is is sort of characterized by these uh, you know these difficult dilemmas or these difficult challenges, how do you pick which way uh, an AI system should go? Right. Um, so again, you know, when you're when you're trying to program an AI, you've got to recognize that there's there are differences of opinion about what ethics actually is or what it what it requires. Um, that isn't going to go away, right? And the danger there, of course, is that if you do pick one rule rather than just sort of letting it play out, um, you know, as human beings do, uh, then you'll you'll sort of reinforce one set of consequences rather than another, um, without any, without necessarily any good reason for each of the the instances of uh, of, of damage, so to speak. Right. Yeah. Um, and then so that's the, so you've got the distribution challenge, the diversity challenge, and then there's the accountability challenge. And I think this probably applies more to the use of AI in public policy than than other areas. But, I mean, I think it applies broadly as well. Um, and that's this. So normally when we think about decisions or policies that will have ethical consequences, we think we should be prepared to offer an account or a justification for the result that the decision produces, right? Right. Um, so why was this legislation adopted and not that legislation, right? Why did an organization hire you instead of me? We expect right. that the decision-maker or the decision-making process should be able to provide a set of reasons or an account for how it got to uh, that particular decision, right? And particularly when it seems to be uh, – or it, there's there's a risk that it might be a biased decision, right? Right. Um, so this gets complicated with AI I mean we want we want uh, artificially intelligent based systems to provide these kinds of accounts, but it gets really complicated with AI particularly with machine learning uh, because with machine learning what you get are machines that process intake and process data way faster than human beings are capable of, of following uh, and sometimes develop you know internal rules for making decisions or producing outcomes that again we can 't follow. Uh, and then, if you ask the system to say, "Well, how did you reach this decision?" you can kind of get a read out of it, but it it 's not something that a human being can understand right right, right. and so the, the you know the one of the challenges around AI is exactly this to what extent should we require any new ai based system to be able to provide that kind of account versus simply letting you know these systems produce what they do and and essentially trusting the the decisions that they that they have
0: right and I think that 's scary for us because you know uh again uh, all of our all of our historical like uh, entertainment versions of the evil AI you know uh, they all start with here is a, here is a great goal, and then somehow the AI gets to you know the horrible solution that still attains the goal
1: well exactly right and, and I mean this is one of the worries with well i mean one of the worries with things like skynet or your or autonomous weapons right i mean what if what again is highly speculative right but If you program something with a set of parameters, a set of rules, um, you know, with the idea that, you know, this autonomous weapon is going to attack the enemy, whoever that might be or you know the 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 set of actors who pose the greatest risk to humanity right you know what happens when new data basically convinces that system that the what you think is the enemy is not the enemy but in fact you're the enemy for having created this thing in the first place i mean it's a pretty far fetched thing but it the, like the basic structure of reasoning is there particularly with machine learning right mm-hmm. the the set of rules that you put in might produce outcomes that uh, are are not the ones that you would <laughs> expect or hoping for yeah. Or, or yeah or that yeah. you would hope for right mm-hmm. um, and and critically you know the accountability problem is that the 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 machine itself can't provide you an account of how it got to that right, right. and that's that's where things get that's where things get pretty tricky
0: right yeah fascinating yeah. So um I and. Sort of to wrap all of this up, uh, when we talk about this and when we talk about uh, the biases going in, all I keep thinking about is that exactly the same type of Terminator that tried to murder Sarah Connor, uh, the same model of Terminator was reprogrammed and sent back to protect John Connor, you know? So uh, it's the same machine, it's the same uh, artificial intelligence, but it's given two different goals and does two different things. And so, you know... uh, it's just reflecting what we're giving to it in the first place.
1: Yeah, and this is—I mean, this is one of the interesting things about the the debate around uh, the ethics of artificial intelligence, and that is that a lot of people are worried about artificial intelligence producing sort of biased decisions or decisions for which they can't provide uh, an account, um, and they they worry about that. So, so, instead, we'd better keep a human in the loop. We'd better trust human judgment, right. you know, in, instead of the machines because they can't be trusted. I mean, if we've learned anything about human psychology over the last two or three decades, um, you know, psychologists working in academia, but also through sort of popular psychology, you know, this this expansion of, of you know the insights into sort of popular nonfiction, it's that human beings are biased gong shows, right? Like <laughs> Like, th- we'd like to think that we have these basically linear, well-structured, systematic approaches to making decisions, but that's a complete fiction, right? Right. You know, we are, you know, our way of making decisions is just rife with with bias and cognitive failures. Uh, so, so two things, really. One is that, you know, out of that, two things. One is that, so you have these flawed beings, namely human beings, designing AI systems, right? right? So we should not... Uh, you know, and we shouldn't be surprised when the systems themselves turn out to produce you know outcomes that are biased or or what we might regard as as flawed, right? Um, but two, we we do this we do this weird thing where we think that we're necessarily better because we are the makers or we are the humans or we we have an internal sense that you know we reason properly whereas you know AI systems uh, might not, and and, and so I think that sort of leaves you in this weird situation where it's not clear. What's the better direction, right? To to have AI systems that might be flawed in some ways, or relying on humans, or some combination who we know are flawed, who we know are flawed, or some, you know some combination of the uh, of the two. I mean, so all of this is to say that you know if you want to design an ethical AI technology, it's not clear how you do that, right? There's no like set of boxes that you tick off on a checklist, right? Rather, it, it's actually. A reflection of just how hard ethics itself is right which is that we disagree about these things the answers aren't always clear and what we have rather than answers is a process right a set of questions that we want to ask uh and you know issues and values that we want to revisit to figure out are we muddling through in a better rather than worse way and that's i mean for what it's worth that's philosophy i mean that's 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 just the nature of ethics
0: fantastic Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks, Aaron. I have I have one last question for you. Yeah. Uh, what is the best Terminator film?
1: Oh, beats me. I I uh I, What's the, the the one where he gets T2, right? Is the one where he gets dropped into the molten Yes, spoilers for the end of T2. Yeah, yes, that's, that's 20 25-year-old I mean. yeah, yeah,
0: spoilers. Yeah, yeah Well, whatever. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't seen it now, that's your problem. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. It's on Netflix, people. Come yeah. on. Yeah. yeah. T2 is good. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks, Aaron. The 2020 Network is brought to you by Interact. Interact connects everyone to the limitless possibilities of digital payments. Whether you are sending, receiving, or requesting money using Interact debit to pay by card, phone, or smartwatch, or looking for a business payment solution, they provide fast, convenient, and secure access to your own money.